It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to, uh, let's talk to our next guest. Elliot Shore Parks does a wonderful job covering the Eagles. He had a very, very busy night last night, and he joins us right now. How you doing, Elliot? What's going on? How you guys doing? Good, buddy. All right, so, Elliot, we heard from Howie last night. We've played some of the audio, and we'll continue to. But translate Howie for us, his mind. Howie wakes up this morning. He's got to prepare for day two, but he reflects upon day one. What do you think Howie's thinking when he wakes up knowing what he got last night? I think today and last night was kind of a culmination of what's probably been a year-long crush, if not longer, on Jalen Carter. But, I mean, as much as we all talk about the Georgia defensive players and last year with Jordan Davis and the Kobe Dean and all those things, Jalen Carter has always been the one. Like, he's been the one, the one that was the best prospect of all of them. He's been the one that I think probably checked the most boxes for Howie Roseman. So I think if you would have sat next to Howie, I don't know, two years ago or whatever, and watched Jalen Carter play – you would pro- he would probably say he has no shot of getting that player because he wouldn't be drafted high enough. He's probably going to be a top three player. And so I think he probably wakes up this morning or you know, goes to bed last night floored at the fact that he was able to get Jalen Carter with the ninth overall pick and essentially just gave up a fourth to go get him. So I, I think yeah. Howie is feeling very lucky. Uh, were we going to draft Bijan if he'd fallen to 10 last night? Because it was getting close. Yeah, uh, I, I look. I think they would have, right? I know there's been obviously plenty of debate about this leading up to last night, but you know, part of that debate was this idea that running backs aren't valued and you don't take them early. Well, mm-hmm. running back went eight and twelve, right? I mean, basically, it was almost yeah. two in the top ten picks. So I think last night, you know, took away that notion that yes, of course, running backs are a position that overall are replaceable in those things, but special players are special players, and and you saw last night with Gibbs and Bijan, that they both went very high. So had the Eagles stayed at 10, I mean, look, it could have been Nolan Smith, if we're being honest, but had they stayed at 10 and Bijan was still on the board, yeah, I think there's a good chance they would have taken him. What do you make of the reports that half the teams in the NFL had taken Jalen Carter off of their big board? Are, are, are we giving this enough weight, the situation, the off-the-field stuff? Yeah, so... 
I guess what I would say is about the fact that Jalen Carter fell to nine and the fact that Nolan Smith fell to 30, right? I'll kind of lump them both together in this way. Players fall for a reason. Like, we did this last year with N'Kobe Dean. Remember, it was, I can't believe he fell to the third round. What a steal. This guy could start day one, and he never played, right? And Jordan Davis didn't have much of an impact. So, I think overall, they were the correct picks at 9 and 30. They're the ones I would have made. But players do fall for a reason. So, that, that would be the concern, I think, with both these guys. In terms of specifically Jalen Carter being off half the team's board, yeah, I would say that's concerning, right? Like, I, again, I have not spoken to Jalen Carter outside of his short interview last night, and really I was on the radio for that. I just I watched it. Uh, I don't know any of the inner details. I think that overall, though, the Eagles probably deserve the benefit of the doubt in making this decision, right? We've, we've followed this organization, you know, for the last five, well, longer than that, but the, the second Howie regime, and I think they've done a good job with player acquisition, the players they bring in that building, the culture they've built. And so when we don't know the details, right, and we're just kind of guessing off of what reports are and what we read, you know, the Eagles have more information than we do. And I think in this case, they probably deserve the benefit of the doubt. I agree. And I I really like the idea. Everyone's talking about how Jalen Carter has this support system with three guys from his former team. I think the Eagles had it in their heads that bringing in players from Jordan Davis's former team can help to motivate him also. So, you know, that can work yeah. both ways. Not only keeping Jalen Carter on his toes, but Jordan Davis, who also needs pushed, can be aided by the fact that he's got two new former teammates on, on you know, in that locker room with him. Yes, I think there's logic to that, but I would counter that by saying these guys were all together at Georgia, right? Like, like yeah. coming out, Jordan Davis, there was the concern about, oh, his weight, is he going to try hard, all those things. Like, he was around Nolan Smith and Kobe Dean and Jalen Carter when that was an issue, right? Like, the, the Jalen Carter, you know, off-the-field concerns, I know Kobe and Jordan weren't there last year, but Nolan Smith was, right? So, I, I think overall, of course, like, there, there's a comfort level when, when you have your former teammates there and, and, a, and a huge portion of them, right? Like, these guys could be four of the 11 starters on defense one day. Yeah. And there's a positive to that. But let's not lie to ourselves and say that, you know, these, these four guys have been playing on different teams for years and now they're reunited. Yeah. Like, they were all around each other for these problems that, that, that occurred. Elliot Shore Parks with us here. Elliot, year one, how much do you think Nolan Smith plays? I, I mean, probably 30, 35% of the snaps. I, I, you know, I think even had they acquired, you know, an, an, a big-name veteran edge that, that already had been established in the NFL – you probably aren't going to see them play much more than 50, 55%. I mean, they, they, they really shuffle guys in and out. We saw that last year. Really, only Hassan Reddick got a, a large quantity of snaps. So I, I think that he, I think Nolan Smith will be more of an instant impact player than Jordan Davis was last year. But I, I don't think you'll see him get 50, 55% of the snaps just because how they like to uh, shuffle their guys. Elliot, mindset for day two. What do you think the, uh, the Howie Roseman should be looking for? I mean, Joey Porter's still available. It's probably going to be hard to move up to get him. He's probably going to go early, too. But what do you think the mindset is for tonight? Yeah. So I think the best players on the board are in the secondary, right? The safeties, the corners, and it's a, it's a long-term need for the Eagles. I mean, safety, you could argue, is a short-term, a short-term need or a need mm-hmm. that they have to go after right away. So I do think that the secondary tonight is probably a position they'll address. But I also think another mindset of Howie tonight should be, can I trade for a running back, right? DeAndre Swift, you saw Gibbs go to Detroit yesterday. Maybe he's an option. You know, he has some red flags in terms of ability to stay healthy, but he's been a very good player when he's played. 
There's been the Derrick Henry rumors. There's been the Austin Eckler connection with him asking for a trade. This team really needs a running back, right? Like I know we did the Bijan thing for a month, and there was a reason for it. They need a running back. So going into tonight, and really the remainder of the two nights, but especially tonight, I w- if I'm Howie, I'm calling around. I'm seeing what running backs are available for, for trades, and I'm trying to add a, a, a special, better running back to this roster than they currently have. Elliot, last thing, gut feeling here. Um, Eagles took the high road last night on the Jonathan Gannon thing publicly. But gut feeling on a scale of 1 to 10, how mad are they at Jonathan Gannon? I would say a zero. I mean, these things happen. Like, a tampering happens in all sports. Boy, do sports, I disagree right? with like, you. Stop it, Elliot. Boy, do I it's disagree zero. with you. Yo, oh, see, <laughs> what, you guys think no team ever breaks the tampering rules? I mean, I, all the Listen, time. There's a difference. Like, well, did he break a tampering rule and have it interfere with his ability to prepare for the biggest game be, be of honest, his be career? With your guys, though. Do you really think that however many hours it was on the phone with the Cardinals yeah. impacted his preparation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they had two full. They had two full weeks between the games. We're talking about what percentage of his time. Yeah, but, how, but, but every but, second. But, but Elliot, it's also how much he's focused on it when he's not on the phone with them. I mean, was so, was he prepared? Oh no, no, was he preparing yeah. for a Cardinals interview? Was he was he spending time looking at their roster and their film to try to advance his career? Yeah, yeah. if it, he's doing anything other than watching Chiefs tape, like I have a problem with it. Yeah, so I think you guys are being naive in terms of what any assistant coach does that might be up for a job after the season's over, right? Like we know about this now. But there are coaches every year in the Super Bowl that are well aware they're either A, getting a job, or yeah, B, are going but, to be doing interviews. But, Elliot, sure, but Elliot, here's sure where they it gets, do the preparation as well. But, Elliot, here's where it gets worse for him, I believe, dramatically on the perception of this and probably the reality. He lied about it. I mean, he literally said after getting hired that he was informed by Howie Roseman after the Super Bowl that the Cardinals had interest in him. So he freaking yeah, lied. Shady, man. Yeah, he should. I agree. He should that not is, have lied. I mean, that is, you talk yeah. about red flag. That's 10 red flags. Right. Because we all know every co- everything a coach says at a press conference is always 100%. Yeah, but not everything, lie. Elliot, impacts a Super so Bowl something. loss. Hey, this this didn't impact a game. Super Bowl loss. Super you don't know that. You don't no, know that, but Elliot. But you guys you, don't know you, either. You yes, but, you, but yet, as much as you're going to say that it didn't, where are all the other teams that have been banged for tampering every single year? After a, yes, super, after a Super Bowl loss. Yes, I agree. It's a rare case that someone got caught. But I think we all agree that this always happens behind the scenes, right? It's the, we all said when, when this happened, oh, there's no way that happened, right? None of us sat here and were like, oh, right. he actually no, stopped right. out that night. Yeah. So, so this isn't new news. We all knew this was happening. It happens with all coaches. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if this impacted his preparation, right? But what I do know is it happens all the time. So I don't think it's a unique situation. Elliot, stay well, buddy. Appreciate you. Hey, great, great, great job by you in the lead-up to the draft, man. Great job. Appreciate it, yeah.